SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. From Sin City. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. Here's Letty, wrestling the puck around. Luna kept it away from the Villiers. Now Bailey over for the Islanders. Now off a giveaway, score! Anthony Bavillier sends the Islanders down to Tampa for Game 7. Cans are flying everywhere in the studio. I, I, what was that? That's the Islanders fans happy throwing beer cans at their players? What are the Canadians fans going to do tonight? My Lord. What a game. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, glad to be with you. How about that Beauvillier? I mean, he, he scored some big goals for them in this playoffs. It's a great play. Great yeah. read. Just kind of a little bob and weave. And cuts right in front, takes the pass, and scores. Well, I'll, I'll tell you about it. How about? How about Mayfield? He was a one-man wrecking crew last night. He knocks Kucherov out of the game. Yeah. Then he cross-checks Stamkos' face into the boards. And then he comes in. Be nice to see a Golden Knights forward score like that. Short side, top shelf, where Mama hides the cookies. That was a beauty. May- Mayfield has has played well again. A, a physical guy. And uh, spe- speaking of nights, we'd we'd like to see some physicality from them in general and tonight, especially. And and we'll see what happens. I I had uh, I had the Islanders. I didn't know for sure. I, this Kucherov thing could could be huge, Brian. Um, 46 seconds was all he got in last night. It's an upper body injury. Well, here's the deal. Questionable. Well, he got banged up. Sergeyev got banged up. Literally, that was an alley fight. That was sticks and knives and guns. And, you know, they should have been playing uh, West Side Story music. That Sticks and knives reminds me of uh, Adam 12. At the very beginning of Adam 12, she, there's a call that she says over the radio about sticks and knives being involved. What was that guy? Martin Milner? Martin Milner, yeah. God, yeah. I remember that show. Route 66. He was in Route 66. Yeah. He was in Gidget. Um, he, I, I think he was moondogging. <laughs> and, then, and then he did radio in L.A. after his uh, kind of actor of his acting career was over. All right. Well, that was a hockey game last night. I will say this. Habs have a chance to close it out tonight. But whoever wins the Golden Knights Canadian series, their chances may be enhanced a little bit because I got news for you. The Islanders Lightning series, I don't even know what scale you'd put it on, but it's at least five times more physical 
than Vegas, Montreal. Have you seen any hitting whatsoever? <laughs> I mean this with sincerity. Uh, the Gustafson guy for Montreal's hitting some people. Carrier's hitting some people. Other than that, it's all skate. You're right, Brian. And, and we had Mike Lewis on from the Sun Coast before the series started, and he said the Knights need to be physical with these guys. And in game one, the forecheck was on for Vegas, and I don't know where it went, but but it worked in game one. Why he has disappeared after it worked so well in game one is beyond me. Uh, but but you're also right about uh, Islanders-Tampa. Whoever comes out of there is going to be a little worse for it. It's been very physical. Barry Trotz, you get embarrassed. I mean, how good is this guy? He is the X factor, had those guys to play, and said it was correlated. If the Islanders, and we said this yesterday, first period would tell the tale. If the Islanders were in it, if they were engaged and involved, and they were physically the whole nine yards, Tampa Bay gets the lead. Point is just incredible. It really is. But it was absolutely correlated to the total. I mean, if the Islanders are winning, yeah. That game was going under. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't get the five and a half. I got five, so I pushed it. But I, I had Islanders and in, in, in under. I'll take it. The five and a half was it was big. I hate I hate laying. Me too. I hate laying. But but well, what I do so when it's like that, when the juice is too high like that, I'll I'll hook it up with a parlay. Okay. You know, but it's not rocket science. This game. Oh uh, no. It's like who shows up? Who wants it? Bring your lunch pail. And both those teams want it. I mean, hats off to both of them. Mm-hmm. I think you can make the case it's a series that's very deserving of going seven. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And okay. I, do not, I do not see the Islanders getting whipsawed down there the next game. I, I don't think so either. I'm, I'm, I will have the Islanders tomorrow. Absolutely. I'll, I'll do it Nothing again. Nothing like Islanders a game under. seven. It's going to yeah. be great. And then we're going to take the deep dive on the game tonight. Now, here's... You talk about a loaded lineup. We got Vinny Maliulo is going to join us next segment. Adam Burke from ATS.io will join us in this hour as well. And then we get to Sportsbook Radio. Uh, Mike Lewis from the Sun Coast, who honestly, we do our daily hockey show, Vegas Hockey. Mike has a phenomenal opinion on hockey. So we'll take the deep dive on the game coming up tonight. And of course, we got to get to the NBA. Another phenomenal game. Trey Young. Atlanta, how about them? I love it. Phoenix, dominant all year long. Who saw that coming? And now Atlanta making a run. Who saw this coming? Could these two teams be on a collision course? We'll see. But that was a wild basketball game last night. Glad to be off to the races with you. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Vinnie Maliulo is coming on next. We invite you to stick around. Sirius 204 Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204.
telling you, that Islanders lightning game, Officer Krupke should have been the referee. <laughs> that was West Side Story last night. That was an alley fight. Way to go, Chris. Give me Officer Krupke next segment. Great song. But that, that was an alley fight. The Islanders and the Lightning. And it, it's his old former stomping grounds. Our pal Vinny Maliulo at VCN Vinny on Twitter. Does such great work over at the South Point. And he's kind enough to join us today. Man, those Islander fans are nuts, Vinny. I mean, you talk about a hostile environment. Yeah, they, uh, they don't. It's not as big an arena as uh, as some, but it's uh, it's passionate. Uh, but I will say, I was pretty disappointed with the display at the end of the game. Uh, Whipped by the fans, just pelting the ice with, uh, with 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 cans and bottles. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you're, you're, that, you, you got a chance of injuring one of your own players by doing that stuff. So, but uh, well, I'm, I'm sitting there at the island. About it. There's no I know. About it. I mean, all I can do is picture it, though, is if the Islanders win Game 7 and whoever wins the Cup, if they win it on Long Island, good luck with that. I mean, they'll take the Cup and run to the room. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, uh, you know, that's what costs. I mean, I remember when it opened. Of course, I remember when the Islanders were born. And, uh, you know, they had a had a lot of, uh, there's a lot of history there. And they, they just didn't want to play at the Barkley. Barkley Center was not... It's not conducive to hockey. Uh, you know the newer bad ice obstructed view. Yeah, so uh, they move out next year, but uh, there's a lot of sentiment in uh, in the in the barn. And uh, you know what? It's uh, it's a it's a special place, like like so many arenas around the country. It's so many sports. You know, people got. Well, I told Dave Gosher. Dave Gosher, the Golden Knights play-by-play guy, was on Vegas Hockey Hotline the other day. He's actually calling that series for SiriusXM NHL Network. And he, was, he just flew back into New York, and he was talking about the new barn coming up out of Belmont. And Vinny, this would be right in your wheelhouse. I said to him, I said, look, how awesome is that? You go play the late pick three at Belmont and then go call a hockey game. Now, that's a boy's day. I, I got to tell you, so when I used to go to either Chase, so if I was at Chase Stadium, I never sat down after the uh, – uh, after the seventh inning stretch, because I headed to Roosevelt Raceway for the late double. And if I was at Yankee Stadium, I went to Yonkers. So, uh, it, uh, you know, uh, it, in the case of the Islanders starting next year, it's going to be even closer. So it's going to be nice. Hey, we just got a few minutes with you today, but what do you make of the yeah. Golden Knights and the Habs tonight? I, I know my, my yeah. beef is these guys have to gain the red line and get it in. They keep making the same mistake, Vinny. They're playing right into the Habs' hands. I give the Habs full marks for the not only the game plan but the execution of that game plan. Uh, whether you know from the you know the defensive side of life where they've been stronger, frankly, and uh, uh, two and on the puck, and then when they get it, they're they're automatically breaking out. The, the Knights have not solved uh, that uh, that split uh, you know that split the splitting the defenders there. Uh, they've not solved the penalty kill. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that the Knights can't do it. Uh, but the other part of it, frankly, is they've got to, st- I think it's got to start with some traffic in front of Price. I mean, this guy, this guy's been sensational, but one of the things that's helped making him sensational is he, he sees everything. And, you know, for the Knights' size, uh, there's just nobody uh, in the crease. So certainly a, a game plan that's been better executed by Montreal and, uh, uh, just rolling out different line combinations isn't enough. So 
All that said, uh, money coming right now in on uh, Montreal. Uh, they're down to a dollar forty. Uh, and I, now, will there be night support as we get closer to puck drop? Yeah, uh, no question about it. One thing about Knights fans, they're extremely loyal, and uh, they'll they'll back they'll back the Knights heavily tonight. Um, looks like Leonard's going to go. Uh, Pete DeBoer, he made he made an early commitment to. Mark Andre Fleury in Game Five. He's going with uh, Robin Leonard tonight, uh, but the Knights uh, got to get it going. By the way, here's another thing going against the Knights, and this is a uh, this is a provincial holiday. In uh, oh yeah, oh the oh they're all gussied up already. So let me think. Uh, let, me, let me just tell you, there may be only 3,500 people in in the oh, man. but there's about 35,000 uh, right now getting primed outside. So they got a running head start at it. You're right about that. Hey, Vinny, speaking of Canada, the other day they passed a law where single event wagering on sports is now available up there. What ramifications does that have down in the States? Well, I think it just continues to, uh, to spread the, uh, the, you know, the familiarity uh, of sports wagering, Steve. You know, um, it's interesting. Folks probably don't realize, but it's been, uh, you, you've only been able to bet parlays up in Canada all these years. And it's taken... So uh, all this time to get uh, the ability to wager on uh, on tap straight bets, uh, I think. Look, as, as sports wagering continues to expand, when PASPA when PASPA first was overturned a few years back, sports wagering was becoming more mainstream. It's now mainstream, and I, I think I want to take a page out of table games and slot history. As long as we continue to offer a very diverse experience here with a lot of events uh, in Las Vegas, we're going to be just fine. And I think people still want that Las Vegas experience. So we've not seen a decline in our handle overall. Uh, Now, some places, given the population bases, have more handle going, but... uh, We've not seen a decline, and I think what, what we've seen is a, a familiarity with sports wagering around the country now, around North America, to where folks are, are in, uh, enjoying it even more, less intimidating, mobile apps, all the above, and I think it's going to continue to grow. Well, first of all, the availability and opportunity, but then the education of the sports bettors too, Vin, and the amount of information that's out there, and everybody's sticking their toe in the water, all the sports yeah. leagues too. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and frankly, it's openly discussed these days. You know, there was a time, Brian, when you had, you know, you mm-hmm. were one of the few shows. I mean, now, you know, you have uh, the VSIN platform. You've got your show, shows like it, and shows around the country and on television, and, the, and now that the leagues have embraced it, uh, it, it's okay, and, and people are enjoying it. If you want to make a bet and kind of highlight or augment your viewing, your experience, uh, whether you're live at the event or you're watching it or listening to it, hey, so be it. If you don't, that's fine too. But at some point, you're going to dip your toe in the water, and that's good for business. Speaking of enjoyment, they will be hooting and hollering. I don't know what the mood will be like around 9 o'clock, but at 6 o'clock, it's going to be loud over at Oasis, 4955 South Decatur. Back up and running. The machines are there. The great gaming promotions for the locals that play the machines. But we don't just talk to the locals about that. If you're coming in from out of town, come swing by. You want to just take a break from the strip. You will love it. The food's awesome. The kitchen's open 24-7. Prices are great. You get the banquet room. 
Uh, it's going to be a festive little soiree there tonight, sir. Oh, John and Angela, oh, they're 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 getting pressed. Talk about folks in Quebec getting primed tonight. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Every night game and, and upcoming Raider games are going to be viewing parties. You know, so uh, yeah, it's a little it's a little local's place, but you know what? It's fun. Uh, the folks enjoy it, and uh, we always love to see. Uh, in fact, we got a. I'm going to be participating in an upcoming one of your favorites, bro. We got the, the banquet room reserved for the uh, uh, for the open. Uh, championship. Uh, we'll have our, our get together up there for a little draft for the. Uh, we try to do a what? draft of the four majors, and it's always fun to get industry get together for the guys. Yeah, but don't forget about our 6 a.m. Bloody Mary on the Sunday. Well, I, I, I'm on the leaderboard. <laughs> My guys are on the leaderboard. I'll see you. There. I can't guarantee it, though. I mean, <laughs> I hear you. Hey, listen, there won't be any flair de lis over there tonight at Oasis, but the drinks no. will be flowing. Vinny, always a pleasure, buddy. I know you're busy. Thanks for jumping on. We'll yap next week, pal. Guys, enjoy. Best to everybody out there. Go Knights. He's he's our pal. Vinny Maliulo checking in. Does great work over at the South Point. Back to Vegas in a moment. Lost in a sea of stats, averages, and injury reports? It's okay. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back with the Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot. You just heard about Trey Young last night. Kid was unbelievable. 48 points, 7 boards, 11 apples. That one move that Marv Albert called there, I mean, a crossover dribble and defender is so long gone and out of the play. Young stands there and is trying to think, how do I shoot this? He had so much time. But to give himself, if you saw this, Stevie, to give himself a little something like with rhythm, he just does a little click of the shoulder. He, he, you know, it wasn't like too much time to think. But he did something to then get him up and take the shot, and he flushed it. He was amazing. That teardrop, they've got a, they've got an inside-outside game working, but this teardrop shot this kid has is unbelievable. He, he's he's special. Trey Young is absolutely special. I had I had Atlanta last night. Unfortunately, I also had the under, so we that was a wash. One sixteen, one thirteen was the final. Game was the total was two twenty six and a half. Closed 224, so 
you know, the over got there. It was a, an interesting finish to the game. A guy that we think special is Adam Burke from ATS.io at Skating Tripods on Twitter. He's kind enough to join us on a Thursday. Hanging out in Cleveland, that was a good basketball game last night. I will say this. That was on opposite the hockey game, and you had to be real careful because when you're talking about a tie game in hockey late in the third or overtime, you don't want to be clicking away from the hockey game. But I literally, I got a callus on my thumb from going back and forth because the basketball game was really good too. You know, I feel like you need to take your Garrick Higgel winnings from a few weeks ago and get yourself a TV with picture-in-picture capability. It's a multitasking thing. It's it's you know trying to you know get the um, what do you the spark the ions you know in, in the brain here. You're just trying to trying to keep active. I'm on top of it. Or maybe make it a two TV living room. Yeah, my wife will love that. Thanks, guys. Great idea. <laughs> Jim, I want to go home this afternoon. <laughs> Great time of year, Adam. I mean, the stuff that's going on when when you get a hockey game and a basketball game going on like that. That's good entertainment, and you know the betting aspect of it's great too. But boy, oh boy, I mean, just from a sports aspect to see these teams laying it all out there, you got to love it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, definitely a really interesting time of the year, especially because you know at this point in time, usually we're just looking at baseball, and you know that's pretty much it. But it is funny because uh, Rex Byers, who works over at the Superbook, um, you know, he tweeted yesterday. He's like, you know, I'm way behind on college football. He's like, I'd, I'd be you know, in a good position with college football right now, but I'm still making lines for all the basketball stuff, the hockey, the, you know, the Euro, um, baseball, you know, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's great to have all this stuff in the summertime, but I, I kind of share this sentiment sitting there thinking, man, I'm really far behind for the football season. Vinny Maliula was on with us last segment. We were talking off air about how much work have you gotten done on college football. Now, they're off to a, he's off to a pretty good start because over at the South Point, they put up college games of the year. So he's got a little running head start. But we do our conference previews with Mark Lawrence every Wednesday. Kenny White was on yesterday talking about the Kenny White College Football Power Ratings magazine that he put out. And there's great information in these magazines. But with the transfer portal and then sixth-year seniors, there's going to be a big learning curve in the first three, four weeks of the college football season, Adam, to see what we're actually dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I just got my steel mag this week. I'm going to have to get myself the Kenny White one because I know a lot of people in the industry rave about that one. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I need to find some time to open up these magazines, you know, and, and it's tough because the baseball season right now, the, the first two months of the year don't really seem to matter a whole lot now that they've cracked down on foreign substances and all of that. So it's almost like relearning baseball as the season's going on. You know, but, hey, I mean, this is, the, uh, this is the life, this is the career that we've chosen, and you know, it's, it's certainly better than where we were at this time last year, that's for sure. Amen. I mean, we're looking forward to, we have to believe, a full-fledged college football season with integrity, consistency, and fans. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, so you got to start thinking about what home field advantage counts as, especially with, you know, how pent up all the fan bases are and all that. And you know, that's another thing, too, is, I mean, these moments in the playoffs have just been remarkably special with the fans there. I mean, Beauvilliers game winner last night, loud roar from the crowd, uh, that Clippers crowd when they eliminated the Jazz in, in six games last round. I mean, all this stuff is just so much better with the fans there. And, you know, I, I don't know how much of an impact it has on the game, how much of an impact it has on the line, 
how the players feel about it. I'm sure they get a little bit of a buzz from it, but you know, it's just it's been great to see these buildings full and and have these memorable historic moments this deep into the month of June, where you know you've got packed houses for everything. It's it's been really great, and you know, it's nice to have those things back in your mind as handicapping angles, as opposed to what we dealt with in the you know NHL playoff bubble last year or in the NBA playoff bubble, where it was kind of you know, are these teams comfortable and content with being there? Are they going to show up in this game where they're down 3-0, or are they just going to kind of roll over and be ready to get out of the bubble? You know, it's it's nice to have some more traditional handicapping this year for sure. The fans have definitely made a difference, Adam. Montreal said as much playing here, that, that they loved playing in front of the packed house here at T-Mobile on the road, that it was big for them. And Montreal only has like 3,500, 4,000 fans in uh, in Canada, but they were loud. I mean, it was it was it's fantastic to watch this, and I and I know the players get are getting a jolt from it. Yeah, it sure seems like it. And and again, I mean, it's nice to not really have to guess about you know what home field, home court, home ice is worth. You know, to the betting line. You know, that's we've kind of gone back to the the standards of of what home ice and home advantage means in these different sports. So. You know, it's one less unknown in the whole handicapping puzzle to put together because, you know, look, I mean, it's difficult enough to try and win at this business when you, you know, add in all of these different intangibles and, and all of that. It just makes it that much more difficult. So, you know, it's been nice to, to just kind of look at these games for what they are instead of sort of wonder, you know, what a team's mindset is and all of that. NBA tonight, Phoenix and the Clippers, change of venue. Phoenix is laying one, one and a half. Total in the game is 221, 221 and a half. Boy, I'm telling you, you feel like you're playing on the train tracks if you go against Phoenix. So that being the case, I think I may play the over in this game with the change of venue. But this Clippers team, give them full marks after losing a close one, come right back, thought they had game 2-1. I mean, they are a resilient bunch, but, man, those are two tough losses for the Clippers. Yeah, they absolutely are, and, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about this game. I mean, initially, I looked at the Phoenix side for obvious reasons. I mean, you know, they're playing very well. I think that they probably win the NBA title at this point, and they're getting Chris Paul back. You know, how can you not like Phoenix with the way that they played in the first two games getting Chris Paul back? But that being said, I mean, could that upset the apple cart a little bit? Not to say that they don't want Paul back, but Cameron Payne's been phenomenal in the first two games of this series. Is Paul going to have a good game, not having played in, you know, 11 days, coming off of COVID and, and whatever associated symptoms he may have had, despite, you know, allegedly being vaccinated? So I don't know what I want to do with this game tonight. It almost feels like it's a – I hate to use this word, but it almost feels like it's a trap to take Phoenix just minus one. Maybe the Clippers are the side tonight, but I, I think I'm just going to stay away from the game altogether because – yeah, obviously, you like to think that Paul improves the Suns and improves their chances, but the way that Payne played, I mean, Paul's got to be pretty good tonight to match that. Well, and Paul's been out for, what is it now, six days of isolation and, and, and a few days more than that. He, he's not going to be 100%. But don't you think they'll manage his minutes, I would think? Well, okay, so, but I, I think Adam's on to something here. Maybe Phoenix loses some rhythm, you know, fitting him in. And, and that sounds... Just stupid to say that. He's Chris Paul for crying out loud. But I, I, I just wonder if Phoenix looks a little disjointed trying to get him yeah, into the... They could. I mean, but Booker's been so good. I mean, he's been remarkable. I think that's one of those things. 
Adam, maybe you dive into player props for the game itself. But I think with Paul coming back, what I'd watch for is he plays significantly less minutes, and you maybe save him for the fourth quarter when he, with the ball in his hands, always gets them a good shot. And I think that's probably a good idea, especially because, like I just mentioned, I mean, Cameron Payne was terrific in the first two games of this series. So if you put Paul on the bench, there's a realistic possibility that you don't lose anything. And you also get Payne, you know, to stay crisp, to stay fresh if you need him, if Paul re-aggravates the injury that he was dealing with in, in the first round or something like that. So, yeah, I think that Phoenix has a lot of different ways they can go about this. The one thing that keeps me off of kind of playing the Clippers with sort of an inside-out handicapping mentality is that they played seven games against Dallas in the first round. They played six tough games against Utah in the second round. You know, they had to go to the altitude in Salt Lake City a, a couple different times. This team may just be tired. I mean, they don't have Kawhi, as we all know. This team may just be kind of gassed, and that's something that concerns me here, especially if they have to play catch-up and you know spend a lot of energy to get back in the game at any point tonight. That's not what I'm only, concerned about. Yeah, not only the amount of games they played, but a lot of really close games where they do expend a lot of energy. we got to ask Adam about the foreign substance nonsense in baseball. A lot still to come, coming back to Vegas in a moment. Some artists work in clay, some in oils. We work in actionable insights and expert perspectives. But we just call it the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Dear kindly Sergeant Krupke, you gotta understand, it's just our bringing up key that gets us out of hand. Our mothers all are junkies, our fathers all are drunks. Golly Moses, naturally we're punks. Gee, Officer Krupke. Officer Krupke. I love that song. Love West Side Story. The game last night was West Side Story. <laughs> the Islanders and Tampa Bay, my goodness. Hats off to these guys. I mean, from the opening whistle, nonstop action. Martin and Maroon and I mean, some of the hits that were laid out in that game. Yikes. Mayfield was a monster for the Islanders tonight. Brian Blessing, or last night. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Glad to be with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Real quick hockey note, the Seattle Kraken kind of go off the board a little yeah, bit here. Rick Tockett gets all the interviews. Dave Hackstall, an up-and-coming assistant with the Maple Leafs, gets the job. Interesting. Wasn't Hackstall the guy in Philadelphia for a while? I th- he previously coached the Flyers for yeah, three and a half years. And, 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 and got tossed out of there. I thought he kind of got a raw deal. I, I, and I, I thought he had him going, and then... I don't know if he if he was part of the mess with uh, Hextall as the GM, and and that's if he if they threw out the baby with the bathwater. Hey, this is Ron Francis' call. Adam Burke joins us from ATS.io. 
I think, Adam, when you're dealing with an expansion team and melding guys together, Gerard Gallant, the job he did with Vegas was second to none. I mean, with the roster they were able to compile. But I would say it's a different style of coach you'd be looking for with an expansion team, trying to build a culture, get guys meshed together. Listen, this is on Ron Francis. He's done his homework. Hey, good on the guy. We'll see if it works. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if Hackstall maybe was a little bit more impressive in the interview process from an analytics standpoint because Seattle seems to be going very much all in on the analytics front. So maybe they just feel like Hackstall's a better fit than Tockett or or somebody like that. And and also, too, I mean, look, you know, being an extremely successful college coach at North Dakota, I mean, you're kind of rebuilding every couple of years or so as guys graduate to the NHL, as guys run out of eligibility and all of that. Maybe just that whole thing conceptually was something that Ron Francis kind of liked about Haxel. So I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. You know, I mean, I, nobody really knows anything in, in these hiring processes until we see actual games played and, and kind of see how everything comes together. So, you know, I got to give Ronnie Francis the benefit of the doubt for now. And, and like I said, maybe it's analytics driven or just maybe, you know, preferred the, the background that Haxel has. Well, for their sake, I hope not, but I would say, Certainly the benefit of the doubt. The bottom line is, let's see what happens. I mean, seriously, you can't throw flares into the sky, and you can't sit here and throw a bowling ball on them. You know, we'll see how it all pans out. There's part of me that says, I'd rather give a kick at this, although you can say he coached the Flyers, he's a bit of a retread. But the guys that get three, four kicks at it, sometimes they get, you get a little blue in the face when that happens all the time, Adam. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I think, too, you know, obviously people are going to draw the parallel and the comparison to what Vegas did as an expansion team and all that. But, I mean, the reality is that you would expect an expansion team to be bad. I mean, you'd expect an expansion team to have a lot of growing pains, to have a a transitional kind of year. And, like I said, maybe they just feel like Hackstall is, you know, better for that long-term type of build as opposed to, you know, what Gerard Gallant had getting so fortunate with Vegas and the way that they came together. The Vegas thing, believe me, there may be a handful of guys that are dummies and go down that rabbit hole again. I highly doubt it. But I've seen regular season point totals posted for the Kraken at 63.5. I mean, I think a realistic goal for an expansion team, Stevie, would you concur with this? If you were able to have an expansion team in their first year, a really good goal would be to be around 500. Yeah, they, you're, there, you're there, you're competing, and you have a shot every night, and you're giving a good effort. I mean, realistically, it's a it's a big ask. But I think 500 is a realistic expectation. Don't don't dare try to compare yourself or think that the Golden Knights thing is going to happen again. That was Haley's comment. Uh, even if they won 40, 45% of their games, I, uh, as a Kraken fan, I'd, I'd be happy with that. It's a little different now. It's one expansion team at a time here lately, as opposed to... Uh, that when they would have two or three teams come in, and it's tougher to get you know the the cream of the crop and what's out there. Um, but so I think the the Kraken like the Knights have have a better chance of being better because they're the only team coming in. But yeah, forty percent of your games, I'd be happy with that. You know, Adam, there's something about expansion teams. I mean, it's to the point now around the league. I think people can't stand the Golden Knights. You know, oh, this was handed to them, which is really not true. What happened was. A lot of GMs around the league were morons. 
That's basically what happened. It was not the league handed Vegas anything. Vegas played the system right, and a lot of guys made a lot of bad decisions. But there is something cool about an expansion team in any sport. They're like the lovable firsts, and you don't know how good or bad they're going to be. But it's like the fresh new face. There's something fun about an expansion team. Yeah, and I think that's something that'll work against Seattle here is that, I mean, this was a process that hadn't been done in a very long period of time for the NHL. So it's not all that surprising that that GMs didn't really have a great plan for this, didn't really have a great blueprint, you know, maybe didn't protect the right guys, didn't extend the right guys, all that kind of thing. This time around, I'm sure a lot of those GMs have either learned from their mistakes or were fired because of their mistakes. So now the deck, not to say it's completely stacked against Seattle, but, you know, I, I wouldn't have very high expectations for this team. I, I don't think that their roster is going to come together the same way that Vegas's did. Maybe they're good in net, and that's something that I would certainly focus on first and foremost. But, you know, I, I wouldn't have high expectations for them. I think, like you said, you know, trying to win 50% of your games. To me, I, I would say just playing meaningful games in March and April. You know, games that mean something to where you're not mathematically eliminated you know, around the trade deadline or something like that, just so that you can develop and get guys to play in those key top six, top four roles in games that actually mean something. You know, I, I think you brought up a good point about Hackstall's background and, and have, having been very successful in college, and I wonder if that doesn't mean that Seattle's looking to go younger, that they're not going to take a lot of veteran guys, you know, at, at the end of their career or whatever and, and, and try to be good right away necessarily but that, that they'll look at you know some younger prospect-type guys that they think they can ve- develop, and, and they're looking more at you know three, four, five years down the road than right away. Well, and like I said, I mean, Seattle's doing this thing from a, a very analytical standpoint. So I can imagine that they'll probably look for young guys that may be underappreciated on teams, not getting as much ice time as they should be, guys that grade really well from some of those advanced stats that I know Brian loves. You know, they'll probably try to put together kind of a team like that, almost sort of a, uh, for lack of a better term, a Moneyball-esque approach, but in hockey. You know, something like what the Oakland A's have done, sort of finding guys that you know just kind of fit well together in complementary roles or something like that. And maybe they feel like Haxtell is, is the right guy for the job with that kind of roster. So I'm really curious to see how it all comes together, especially because, you know, Vegas set the bar impossibly high. Let's see how Seattle's viewed, you know, on that same scale. All right, Adam, I'm going to let you have at it. We're watching baseball games now with pitchers taking belts off, their pants off, and umpires coming out in the middle of innings. What the hell is going on? Yeah, I mean, it it was embarrassing for Joe Girardi the other night. I mean, that's not in the spirit of the game, not in the spirit of the rule, and, and deservedly he got mean mugged the whole way back to the dugout by Max Scherzer and then wound up getting himself ejected. And look... You know, the players are on high alert right now. They're not going to do anything stupid. They're not going to get caught when Major League Baseball is trying to enforce all of this. They'll wait, let the dust settle. At some point, it will. You know, they're not going to do this all season long, I don't think, checking for substances and all of that. So everybody's just kind of dealing with it for right now. But what we have seen is a big decrease in strikeouts, a big increase in balls in play, and a big increase in home runs as well. So... Offense has definitely gone up. Scoring has definitely gone up. More balls in play means, you know, more action, more opportunities to score runs and all of that. So it has definitely had a negative impact on pitchers as a whole, on some guys more than others. 
But, you know, everyone's just trying to adjust and kind of find out, you know, what this new, hopefully temporary normal is in Major League Baseball. In the short term then, Adam, should we be wagering on overs or have the books also seen this and the totals are higher? Or have you identified certain guys that are really groping with this? Is it more individual than across the board? Yeah, certainly it's it's more individual. Some guys have been impacted more than others, but I think the one thing that I've kind of seen that hasn't really been picked up on yet by the odds makers or the betting market is that we have seen an increase in offense in traditional pitchers' parks. So, you know, ballparks where you've got maybe a humidor and a retractable roof stadium, like in Texas, like in Arizona with Chase Field, we've actually seen a lot of runs scored in those two venues here of late and my guess is that it's something about the humidor and the storing of the baseballs that makes it difficult to grip and i don't know if the ball is maybe a little bit heavier or the surface of the ball is just a little bit slicker something like that but we've seen high scoring games in traditional pitchers parks here of late where those totals haven't necessarily been adjusted in the parks where everybody expects offense the total's been bumped up half a run a full run something like that or at least gets bet up that way But in parks where we generally don't see a whole lot of offense, we're seeing more of it, and the market really hasn't accounted for it yet. Does it continue to be a massive distraction and a nuisance? Or does everybody stop whining and everybody says, okay, here's the new field of play? I think, you know, pitchers are still upset because they've had to go cold turkey. And there's a very there's an increased injury risk in doing that. I think we talked about that last week on the show with regards to Tyler Glass. Now you've got to grip the ball harder. It puts more strain on the elbow ligaments and all of that. Forcing these guys to go cold Turkey with the exception of the rosin bag. That's always been on the mound. That's the sticking point, you know, and a lot of X players and even some current players have said, look, we took it too far. We understand that something needs to be done because we took it too far and it became Less about gripping the baseball and more about getting a competitive advantage with, you know, the pine tar, the spider tack, all those kinds of things. So now everyone's just trying to, you know, sort of figure out something that works, whether it's sweat or some sort of moisture and rosin combination. You know, baseball says you can't use sunscreen in night games, but you can in day games to protect yourself from the sun. Well, you know, maybe day games wind up playing different than night games now. Everybody's just kind of adjusting to it. But like I said, the two primary takeaways right now are we've seen more home runs and we've seen fewer strikeouts. And if that's what the commissioner's office wanted to achieve, then, you know, they've done it here so far. All right, Adam, tell them about all the good stuff you're working on at ATS.io. And I know baseball's at the forefront. Yeah, I talked about a lot of this stuff on my podcast today, the betters box, talking about some offenses I think could benefit here in the short term from what's going on talked about what offenses looked like league-wide in the month of June. So I encourage you to check out that podcast called The Better's Box every Monday and Thursday at ATS.io. And lots of good written content over at the website as well. He's our pal Adam Burke. I join Adam on his podcast every Tuesday. Always look forward to that. Look forward to when you can join us on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Have a good weekend, pal. Thank you. Absolutely, guys. Take care. All right, we got another hour still to come. We take you up to Scott Farrell at 4 Eastern. In hour number two, Mike Lewis from the Suncoast will join us. He's got a strong opinion on the Stanley Cup playoffs and the game tonight. And we'll take you all around the sporting world with our good friend Mike Lewis. And Stevie will wrap up hour number one with the injury news and notes coming up next. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. got the injury report for us. I mean, the shoe fits. No, it's fine. I, Weird Al Yankovic is much more talented than I am. Weird's a good thing. There's nothing oh, wrong with yeah. being weird. I think it's one of your most appealing traits. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Stevie, what he's not weird about, he's about the best in the biz. From a sports betting injury perspective, does Yeoman's work for the sports books over at DonBest.com, and he hooks us up every day. What you got? We'll start out Major League Baseball, Brian, for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mookie Betts with a stomach illness. Oh. Excuse me. I knew that was coming. It's lunch. It's lunchtime here. Excuse I me, didn't. He's got the stomach illness. Yeah, but, he, but the problem is it's 3 in the afternoon where he is. It's lunchtime here. Look, the sound effects are the sound effects. Do you want this bit to be good or not? He missed last night's game. He's questionable today against the Cubs. For San Francisco, Brandon Bell with a knee injury. That's better. Left, not for Brandon, left the <laughs> Wednesday's game. He's having an MRI today. MRIs, just the fact that you're getting one, usually means games missed. For Boston, Christian Arroyo with a shin. Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and being until you pissed blood? <laughs> Has missed the last two games. He's doubtful tonight against Tampa Bay, and I think a 10-day IL for Christian is a strong possibility. In the NBA, for the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard oh, with that no, knee. Remains out tonight against Phoenix and for Phoenix. Chris Paul, COVID protocols, they have him listed probable uh, tonight against the Clippers. One final one last night, Nikita Kucherov, only Yeesh. 46 seconds. Question about body injury. That's a big boy. That's a big boy. Hour number two is coming up. Mike Lewis from the Sun Coast is going to join us. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, Chris Bavona in New York. Always a great job. Short break coming back to Vegas soon. Excuse me, I'm sick. 